Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Hey, how's everybody doing? Welcome back. After a little week-long hiatus, I needed a little mental break. Um, lots of stuff going on in my life, and I just needed to not worry about editing a podcast for an entire week. And so I thank you guys for your patience and waiting for this episode. Um, and I really hope that it's worth it. I think it is. Uh, I want to thank everybody for being so patient with me as I grow and learn. Um, I'm not a professional podcaster. And so every day I'm trying to get better and trying to learn, you know, my style and, and what I want the future of the show to be and sort of where to go from here. Um, yeah. So if you want to know what's up with my life and, and what's going on with me, um, I'm on TikTok. Uh, I found that TikTok is probably, probably the best social media app that uh, I've connected with and I've been able to create a really great community and audience uh, full of education, compassion-based education, um, and be able to do really fun little deep dives and mini dives on different topics. Um, so if that's something that you're interested in doing and learning and enjoying with me, I definitely invite you to come on over there and follow me. Uh, my my TikTok handle is in the show notes. Uh, come on over, say hi, leave a comment. Let me know that that you came over from the podcast and that you're saying hi. Um, I really appreciate all of the donations you guys have been sending in. Lots of tacos. I've been sharing those on TikTok as well. Um, you guys are incredible, amazing as always. Um, yeah, so I really enjoy it over there. It's been a really wonderful way to connect with everybody. Um, and also meet a lot of new survivors who I've been able to talk to, uh, on this show as well. It's just been a really great experience. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I do want to let some of you know that are hesitant that TikTok is not all about just dancing 
and weird challenges. Um, there are some really great TikTok communities with really fantastic content uh, and wonderful creators. And the anti-MLM TikTok community is incredible. And I'm so excited to be a part of it um, and to create really wonderful content that's engaging and is educating people. So that's the goal, right? So I feel like I'm sort of knocking that out of the park and uh, it's working for me. And yeah, you know, every day learning a little bit, uh, being a little bit better, doing a little bit better, learning about myself, learning about what makes me tick. It's been an interesting process. So thank you for coming with me on this journey. Thank you for your support. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, this is a really great episode. It's a two-parter. Enjoy this one. Um, we're going to talk about the cult of Amway. So buckle up. Well, I'm excited because I have another anti-MLM advocate and former hun uh, on the show. I would like to introduce to you all, Rebecca. Rebecca, would you like to introduce yourself and explain who you are? Absolutely. Um, so my name is Rebecca. We're skipping last names. And I was building an Amway business for over a decade. Um, it took me a few years to realize once I left, it took me a few years to realize that there were things that were going on that were really not okay and that I shouldn't stay silent about them. And I shouldn't just feel ashamed or feel like a failure. Um, so I started an Instagram account called once upon a biz and became connected to Roberta that way. Um, and as I was hearing everyone telling stories through her podcast, I just felt like the Amway business is so different and there's so much that people need to understand about it in a bad way. I mean, not, it's not like, Oh, it's different. Good. Um, so I wanted to come on and tell all about it. Well, I'm happy to have you. <laughs> so let's talk about the very beginning before you were even in Amway and when you were in your life and what vulnerabilities you had that even made Amway seem like a good idea at the time. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was about a year out of college when it came into my life. So I actually, I went to a, a well-ranked college, um, and I actually through some wealthy relatives didn't have to take out any loans or anything. So I shouldn't in theory have been vulnerable financially, um, cause I graduated with no debt and stuff like that, but my career choice or my field, I guess, um, was psychology and like social work. So that doesn't pay very well with just a bachelor's degree. And I think, I can't remember now, my starting salary at my job was somewhere between 24,000 and 30,000. I can't remember what the number was, but that was full time. And this was in like the early 2000s. So that was painful. Um, and I was, yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll go to grad school. Maybe I'll do this, but I was definitely like 
this sucks. I'm not making any money. And the community that I come from is a, it actually ranks number one in the United States for like adults with master's degrees or something. I don't know. I come from a really, really, really educated community and thus also an affluent community. And so I was like, well, this sucks. I'm like totally not living up to my expectations of what it means to be an adult. And then when I did see the business, it was through a very trusted friend who really wasn't materialistic at all. So the fact that she was interested made me feel like, well, this isn't about just money. Like this is a whole, like a whole thing. Right. It, it was more like a community and opportunity that you felt was lacking in your life coming out of college that you were lacking community. Kind of actually, um, because, you know, everyone kind of scatters after college now. Okay. So the friend that I got involved through, um, she actually had been a friend from childhood and we ended up in the same city. And so we hung out all the time. And then when she got started in the business, I was like, where the heck are you? Like, you're not around anymore. And I want to hang out. And so she's like, oh, well, here's what I'm doing. And I'm excited about this group of people. And so it was like, yeah, I want to hang out with my friends some more. So I'll see what she's doing and see who these people are. And then of course, because of all the like toxic positivity and love bombing in the beginning, I'm like, wow, what a great community of people. So. So um, I know from speaking to other people in Amway that there are other like facets of Amway underneath Amway, like worldwide something, something and group world. There's all kinds of different things under Amway. They're so confusing. Which one were you under? So not only will I answer that, but let me tell you, this is like the thing. Amway itself, I mean, they're they're objectionable for sure. Clearly they use their money to gain political influence and it's a whole, it's a whole shit show. But, oh, are we allowed to curse? Yeah, let it fly. Fabulous. Okay. So aside from that though, Amway is not the horrible part. It's the teams that are the horrible part. And this is actually why legally they've skated by. Well, and also because they buy influence. But what they do is the, like your, um, your products and your like line of sponsorship is that's Amway. But then outside of that, there are completely other businesses that are called lines of affiliation. And so that's like worldwide dream builders. That's a big one. Um, I was part of leadership team development or LTD. Now LTD and worldwide dream builders both spun off from a different one called Brit worldwide. And that's what it was when I started. So I was, and that was some real shady shit over there. So that's why LTD split off is because Brit worldwide was too shady. So are these like teams or are these like many Amway businesses or these like mini pyramids underneath the big pyramid? Like, how does this work? All of the above. So <laughs> D, all of the above. <laughs> this is the real pyramid scheme with Amway though, because there are like, there are products, there's tons of products. And so that aspect of it, even though, you know, I don't love the business model, like I think more so than with other companies, there were, there were really products moving to people outside the business and stuff. But with the teams, there's this whole big, you're spending money on like, you're spending money on audio trainings. Um, there's all these recommended books that you could totally buy at the bookstore, but instead you're supposed to buy them through your upline, through this team. 
Um, you're paying for every training and conferences and oh, what else? There's even like apps, like communication apps that you don't need because that functionality is already free with like your phone and social media. But no, 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 you need to pay $60 a month to have this app on your phone to communicate just with each other and so many things. Amway's own Discord server. Exactly. <laughs> So like so much pay to play that you just described. So much pay to play, but it's separate from Amway. So they can't get in trouble for it. And when you sign up for everything, it's like you, you know, there's all this paperwork that you don't actually read all the fine print. Cause you're, cause literally your upline, when they're signing you up, they're like, oh, this just says this is all optional. Cause it is, it's optional, but of course we'll tell you what you need to be successful. So it's all like it's all separate from Amway, but that's the real pyramid scheme because you're paying so much money for access and they don't tell people when they're getting started where the money goes. And so it, like I was making some of that money when I was like, this is wrong. So there are little pyramids within Amway. So were you also selling Amway product as well as being on this team? Oh yeah, yeah, you do both. But like the team teaches you and helps you with how to build your business. So like when you were in LuLaRoe, you'd go to a conference and LuLaRoe put on the conference and we never put on a conference. So all that training and all that motivation and all that, that came from whatever team you were on. Okay. Cause we did have separate team things oh. uh, locally or like big team retreats sometimes, but sure. I mean, they were just like, you know, but like your uplines, uplines, uplines. Right. So I'm right. saying this is like much bigger groups. Right. This sounds like massively bigger than that. If you didn't like your, if you didn't, if you were big in the business and you didn't like your like team, you could tie into another team and be part of their line of affiliation. That's very interesting. So you're in this team and you're, what's going on when you join Amway in the very beginning? You said you were in this for over a decade, right? So let's talk Let's start like year one through three. What's going on? Oh boy. Okay. So I'm a year out of college. I'm making crap money. I actually decided to go to grad school, which is another story. I did not finish grad school thanks to the influence of Amway. Um, but I was single and, oh, okay. This is like another massive thing we'll have to touch back on. But in Amway, unlike all the other MLMs, it's almost entirely couples and single men. So there's not a lot of Huns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like toxic masculinity meets MLM. Ew. <laughs> I mean, I, I sort of feel like I would have thought that regardless, but like the confirmation is like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when you are in a couple, there's like different rules. I mean, this is all older. This is like early 2000s. Maybe some of this has changed. But when you are in a couple, there's like different rules about how you build the business because women have the support role and- it's like 1950s. Okay, so years- what year was it when you joined Amway? Oh, okay, I started in 2004 and it was actually called Quickstar then. Okay, all right. If you look that up, there's going to be all kinds of negative crap. And they were like, oh, we're so cutting edge. We're moving from our catalog distribution to the internet. We're so cool. But so I was single and building the business single, which was sort of a rare thing. And none, I mean, aside from the friend that got me in, none of my friends were interested. You know, we had all like just graduated college. Most of them had like legit careers starting and we're just like, what are you doing? 
Um, but because it was such a close friend that had got me involved, I'm like, well, you know, these people just don't get it. And the, the brainwashing had already started to take root. So I'm like, well, they're just going to work at their J-O-Bs and blah, blah, blah. And they're not going to retire for 40 years. And But anyways, so I did have some success. I mean, it took a few months to start sponsoring people, but I was, I, I was very outgoing. You know, clearly I'm confident expressing my ideas and stuff. So it wasn't difficult for me to sponsor a few people. Um, I'm sure some of the time I was talking to guys that like thought I was actually trying to date them. And I don't even know. I wasn't like purposely misleading anyone, but I feel like there were some misunderstandings there, but it helped me to reach out to people and, and show them what I was doing. So I did end up building, you know, building a team kind of not, it, it wasn't like fast, but it was now that I understand how many people never build a team, it was relatively fast. Um, and the people that I was working with, like my upline were pretty successful too. Um, so we were just sort of on this like winning team. Of course, later, you know, it's like you see the man behind the curtain and I found out a lot of the shenanigans that made it look like they were a winning team. Um, but yeah, so it was just like fun and it was, it was our whole life because like you were, everything was in person, like meetings were in person, trainings were in person. You're just constantly spending time with your business team. Um, and it became like my entire social life. Yeah. I've heard that before with Amway, you know, you don't see a lot of Amway stuff on social media. Uh, it's more like in person or a door to door or like a phone call kind of thing. Um, that's very interesting. Is that, is there a reason that it's not on social media? When early on, okay. So Facebook didn't even exist when I got started, <laughs> which is just such a weird thing to think about. Um, but yeah, we were coached, like, first of all, it was part of Amway's rules, but also we were coached through our teams not to put stuff on social media because, you know, the business is easily misunderstood. So you want to control how you explain it and expose it to people. So it's better to call them and not to, you know, not to put stuff on social media. And that stayed like, that's still the rule as far as I understand. Um, Like they really don't post about products a lot. It's all very much like, it's got to be rare and it's got to be about like your own personal experiences. Um, but we were always taught that like, that's what's, that's what makes us so much like classier than other MLMs is that we're not just spamming our newsfeed. Yeah. Well, I mean, something to it, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, or if that's just something they say, but <laughs> so how, how was it, um, building a business without the help of social media, um, and, and being so connected with your Amway team so often. I mean, it sounds very culty already. Extraordinarily culty. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, the culture of the team was overbearing. And I mean, like they would, so I actually, I definitely want to touch on this. They would really control your behavior. I mean, the bite model, it's like, it's yeah, like we're definitely going to get into the bite model with this one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, he went to an Amway, Amway conference and was like, just took notes on that. So, I mean, stuff like, okay, actually this is a, this is a big one that I don't want to leave out. 
Um, when we would be at, like, let's say we're at a meeting. So they would do weekly meetings where they show the opportunity to prospects, then like the prospects leave and then there's a training. And then after that, everyone hangs out and like forms a circle around the big honcho in the room because they just want to get pearls of wisdom and don't let them leave until they tell you more. Like it's literally just byproducts and recruit people. There's nothing else to tell, but they made up a whole thing. So, but anyway, um, so during that, the culture was like, you have to only speak about positive things and you're not even really, you weren't even really supposed to talk to your cross line, like, so other people on your uplines team that aren't on your team, like you're supposed to keep it really superficial, talk about the business, not even talk about your personal life really. And so they would coach us. I'm, it's so controlling and crazy. So coach you're us. not allowed to like be friendly with anyone lateral, only right. above and below, right. like personal relationships is only up and down, not side to side. Exactly. Wow. You could, you could only be friendly, like at team sanctioned events. And if you, even like, if you were all going to the same place and you wanted to like share a ride, you were supposed to check with your upline and get permission to ride in the car with that person. Are they trying to control that you don't hear the wrong thing from the wrong person or something? Yeah. It seems so strange. They are. Because, well, so and the way that it would be explained is like, oh, well, your upline knows if someone's going through a hard time and we don't want to hurt your business by you getting exposed to their negative. But really what it is, it's that the upline, and I don't know that this is true throughout all of leadership team development. I had um, an upline diamond who was really, really, really sinister and controlling, but he didn't want his teams talking to each other because they would have figured out years sooner the kind of crazy shit he was pulling. So there's so much (laughs) wow okay when when you were at like any kind of event or training if you overheard someone having a conversation that wasn't appropriate and I literally mean you're not even in the conversation and you hear it happening you were supposed to walk over and interrupt and be like so what's your diamond dress gonna look like and I'll explain what a diamond dress is so diamond is like the the big goal in business. And in theory, you're making about a quarter million a year when you hit diamond. And so then there's like a big ceremony once a year where they recognize the new diamonds and they all wear like, you know, like runway or red carpet dresses, that kind of thing. Um, So yeah, literally you're supposed to interrupt inappropriate conversations that other people are having with like this positive approved conversation. Like this, like check yourself, hey, Diamonds wouldn't talk like this. What are you going to wear to your diamonds? Right. Thing? It was just a way to like, a way, like if people were talking to about- change the subject. Exactly. It was a way to change the subject as if grown adults couldn't be trusted to have their own conversation. It's so odd. So were you experiencing this in the very beginning? Yeah, because I came in real rough around the edges and I was like, what is this, you know, weird 1950s Pollyanna, like- I mean, the culture, cause, but also because I was single. So the culture was really weird, but I'm like, all right, well, this is these weird married people. I'm not like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were plenty of times when people would like come up to me and change the subject because I was rough around the edges and talking about, you know, times that I got drunk in college or something. I don't know. Just 
and and you're just constantly reminded and the subject has changed until you just kind of stop talking about that it's just a conditioning thing you just sort of stop talking about that sort of stuff so they stop interrupting you with platitudinous bullshit totally okay all right if you were talking about like a song you heard on the radio or like a show you were watching on tv it was likely that somebody would come up and like try to shift the subject to like a training audio or like it was like like the radio was bad the tv was bad it was going to program you and make you broke that's was- so culty wow <laughs> jeez boggling to me that i fell so deep into it but also that people that care about me outside of it like still love me <laughs> Yeah, but like people outside of it don't see that little tiny stuff. They just see you like trying to sell toothpaste and soup mix and all this stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> like they don't see all the culty stuff and, and yeah. this weird hierarchy of like, you don't talk to that person about that stuff and you don't say things that aren't approved by your upline and you better not get in the car with the wrong person without getting somebody saying that it's okay to do so nobody that loves you sees that stuff so would never be able to be like I think you're in a cult yeah you know and and a lot of people that are outside of MLM and that are that aren't anti-MLM and don't understand don't a lot of times don't understand that MLMs aren't businesses yeah absolutely and because I was I was making some money um I mean I'm sure I was misrepresenting it but I was actually like earning checks that I could say well this is what I'm making doing it so I think that gave it some credibility when people were like, you're spending all your time doing this. I'm like, yeah, but I made this. And when my team's bigger, it'll be that. And, you know. Um, how big did your team get like the whole time you were in? What was the biggest your team ever was? Um, honestly, I don't even, I don't even know. Probably in the neighborhood of like 50 people. Maybe, I mean, I'm sure there were more than that on paper, but we measured your team as like who came to conferences, AKA who can be brainwashed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like who can be told where to be and when and show up there. Really oh serious ones, wink, wink. Exactly, exactly. Oh, you if you didn't come to the conferences, then like you were nobody. I hear a lot of like negativity um, and, and name calling in these bigger MLMs, um, is it the same with Amway? Like calling people losers that, that leave, like, don't listen to those people. They were losers. They were bitter. They were haters. Did you guys um, hear that as well? Not, not about specific people. So they would talk about like, they would always like head off negative stuff by being like, now, when you go to get more research, like when you go to get more information, you know, don't just type Amway into Google. Cause then you'll end up with like skater boy, one, two, three, in his opinion, And, you know, he tried the business for three minutes, but didn't make a thousand dollars. So he quit, but you know, I love how they're like invalidating victim stories. (laughs) Wow. But there was no, so their whole culture thing was like, we are just gonna, like, we don't correct people and embarrass them. Like we will take what people are doing right and talk about that. So that's like, you learn from all these positive examples, um, and so they really did, there really wasn't the negativity of like people getting called out and embarrassed, which is great, except that what they were really doing is conditioning people to, you know, to say and do the things that the, that the upline wanted and then making them feel good by broadcasting that information and praising it. 
So like huh, people, would okay. get, people would get praised. Like if somebody spent like hundreds of dollars on CDs and books to give out to their downline for training, you know, for mindset, like you would send a message on this voice system up to your upline and then they would send it out to their whole team and they would be like, wow, what a great message from this up and coming diamond, you know, which nobody was near diamond, but they would just call everyone diamond because, you know, speak what you want, not what you have. Right. Anyway, <laughs> the culture was crazy, but they, they would just go on and on about the great choices you were making, reinvesting your check, or even like this person cashed out their 401k to invest in their team, AKA pour money into the LTD pyramid scheme. So the upline could make a huge profit totally even outside of the Amway product stuff. That's in, in, insane. So it's so Scientology adjacent with like buying all of the books. Like it's, oh. And it was even like, you know, you could probably get it cheaper at, you know, on Amazon, but they would tell you like, buy it through, you know, your leadership team development account, because that way your upline can just look and see what kind of tools are going through their team. And they know who's getting the mindset and who they can coach. No, they're getting paid. Yeah. And they're I, getting a percentage on that. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you said when you started Amway that you were single mm-hmm. and then you, you mentioned to me in the email that you sent me that you met your current yeah. husband yeah. in My Amway. Only husband. I've only ever had one. Your current and only husband uh, in Amway. Was he a direct, was he in Amway when you met? Okay. So do you want to tell us the story of that? Of course. So um, by this point, I had almost reached platinum, which is like, so there's like two main projects. Two and main how many, projects. and what year was this in your, Ooh. in your 10 or so years with Amway? Okay. We met about three and a half years into my business. So I was like, not like a big deal, but I was like, you know, for a single girl, I was really killing it. Anyway, I met him online um, because I couldn't meet guys in person because anyone I met in person, I was prospecting for the business. That's so funny because it's like in, in regular MLMs, you're always working online, (laughs) but like in Amway, you're working so much in person that you actually had to go online to meet someone that wasn't a prospect. Right. It was the opposite. So Oh, sorry. My LaCroix just went the wrong way. Anyway. Um, so I met him online and we fell for each other very quickly (laughs) and literally we had known each other for 11 days when I brought him to a meeting to see the business. What? (laughs) And I swear I was basically like, if we're going to be together, you're going to be doing this with me. Right. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. You're like, look, this is my life. And if you want to be with me, this has to be your life too. Right. And he wanted to be with me. So he didn't really, you know, he didn't really fully evaluate the business. He was just like, all right, <laughs> you know, and um, cause he was at a point in his life where he was really looking to make some big changes. Like he had gotten out of a really problematic relationship several months prior so he friends, was vulnerable too. Yeah, very much so. And the friends that he was hanging out with, like they, you know, they were content where they were at in life and he was starting to think about growing up a little more. So this represented like a very growing up sort of a thing. He was young. He's a couple of years younger than me. So he was, I mean, he just was young, like, and he had ideas of owning a traditional business and I literally talked him out of it. And basically like in the beginning, I was really controlling of him because I knew more. And so 
I basically didn't let him buy this business that he was going to buy because like that wasn't the way we were supposed to do it. And so I'd certainly have regrets about that. But anyways, obviously we, you know, we dated, we fell in love, got married, all of that. Um, and that has been super, super interesting because I was obviously very deep into the cult at the time. And I was very changed by the culture because I was conforming to it. And now that we've been out for several years, I'm like, I'm me again. Um, and I am not the same as the person that he married. And so it's been really interesting navigating that. I mean, we've been very intentionally navigating it. Um, but that was sort of like an unintended, oh, I don't want to say consequence because I feel like that's insulting to him. But that was something very unexpected about getting married during my involvement and then like staying married after my involvement. Now, you're not the first person to say that Amway is like super obsessed with relationships and mm -hmm. marriage and things like that. And in, it's not even the first company that I've experienced that's super obsessed with relationships and marriages for some reason. So when you guys were dating and you bring him in like 11 days in, you bring him into this meeting and he's like, hey, look, I like this girl. Like, if this is what it's got to be, this is what it's got to be. Like, this can be my life, whatever. Um, how, how long into your guys's dating and relationship until Amway was like, Hey, you need to get married. I mean, they didn't, you know, it wasn't like they said we had to get married, but the culture was already very deeply ingrained for me that you should get married to build your business better. And also part of the culture was you don't live together till you're married as if that's any of their right to tell me, you know, but and that's not how I grew up, but it is how his parents wanted him to be. So it didn't seem as, as weird to us. Um, but yeah, so we like didn't live together till we were married. Um, and, and all of the things that go along with that set of values, you know? So right. we got engaged after about a year of dating. And then I think our wedding was like nine months after that. And, and who was at the wedding? Like everybody in your, in your Amway business, just with just total so, Amway wedding. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, actually I did a good job of maintaining some of my friendships. Like that is something, and I think that's different. I don't think that that's true of everyone in Amway, but certainly compared to other MLMs, I know that I did a very, very good job of not alienating friends that didn't want to get involved in any capacity. Um, so I, I definitely had plenty of actual, like outside of the business friends that were there, but yes, like my entire team was there and the wedding party you know, my maid of honor and most of my bridesmaids were people in my up and down line. Um, and that's really typical of everyone I know in Amway. Like almost, wow. like my upline, my upline, who was my maid of honor. I don't know if I could even count. I, I don't know. Cause I haven't been around the last few years, but she has been a maid of honor or a bridesmaid in probably like 20 or 25 Amway weddings. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, 
running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claim standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet, and they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. National Voter Registration Day is kind of a big deal. It's a yearly, nonpartisan holiday celebrating our democracy, and it's all about getting as many people as possible to, that's right, register to vote. So why is that important right now? Well, sure, local and state elections may not get as much attention as the midterms or the presidential elections, but they're still a super important way for you to use your voice to make an impact and help shape the future of your community. And one of the best parts? Registering to vote is really easy thanks to organizations like Headcount. Get registered there in minutes and you won't have to worry about registration deadlines in your state. And then you'll be ready to participate in all of your upcoming local, state, and federal elections. That really is a big deal. Head to headcount.org forward slash Spotify now to register. That's headcount.org forward slash Spotify. See you at the polls. <laughs> wow.
And her husband's been best man or groomsman in so many weddings too, because it's like, you just spend all of your time with these people. And then you're like, wow, these are my real best friends. They really sew into my life and care about me. Right. So you were feeling pressure from them just to, to further your relationship more so than, than the company or no pressure at all. No pressure at all. I mean, I wanted to like fit, I wanted to fit the stereotype. I was excited to get married and fulfill the supportive wife role. Right. So even if you were feeling pressures, you were welcoming those and being like, yes, this is what I want. Totally. Okay. Wow. All right. Okay. There were times before we got married where my husband was maybe not so sure that we should be getting married or on the timeline that we were. And I was like, no, no, no. It's like the business is going to make it fine because we're going to hit these levels of success. And then all of our problems will be, you know, because they would tell us like, oh, most of the problems in a marriage are based on money. So when you have enough money, the problems go away. Right. So what's the benefit of being married in Amway and, and running your business as a team together versus being single, just that you've got someone to do it all with? Two incomes for one household. So you're a distributor and he's a distributor separate or you're one you're, you're, when you get married, you're one business, or if you get started in business, when you're already dating, you can start as one business. So were so you guys always one business or you combined we, after you got married? I don't remember when we combined it. I mean, it was irrelevant because okay. he didn't, I don't think he had sponsored anyone at the time that we decided to combine it. Or if we did, then they just rolled up to me anyway. I don't remember, but. Okay. Um, That's interesting that you were able to like take two separate accounts because your relationship was was growing and going toward that to be able to merge those accounts into one account. That's interesting. I, that's, I think one of the first times I've heard that. Oh, you hear about like in beach body, you'll, you know, someone will sponsor their husband to get a leg. Yeah. And I've heard about that in it works too, but they've always remained separate legs. I don't know about the whole combining thing. I wonder. I have no idea. Huh. It might even just be like the old values, you know? Yeah, um, possibly. That's interesting. But also it was like, you want to get married because then you live together because you can't live together unless you're married, you know, like instead of dating your spouse, just build the business together. Now, why do you think that there's so much of a relationship focus about getting both people into the business? Because it's much harder to brainwash somebody who still has someone important in their life that isn't co-brainwashed. I mean... And actually I've seen people that like people got started dating somebody who wasn't interested and those relationships really didn't survive very long because they really want you, the the business literally becomes your life. If you're going to be successful the way that, the way that I experienced it anyway, maybe it's less overbearing now, but I doubt it. But the way I experienced it, it's, it's your whole life. And like, even they announce meetings and stuff like so last minute, I had to cancel so many like first dates, <laughs> like before I met my husband, people just would have no patience for it. They'd think I was blowing them off. Cause it's like Thursday. And then I'm like, Oh, Hey, I, can't, I have to reschedule for Saturday because I've got a business training I need to go to on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. That's, I mean, that's so culty again, like <laughs> dropping everything for us right now. Like you need to be here in three hours. We're doing this and you can't miss it or you're a loser. <laughs> like that yeah. mentality. It wasn't, it was like, 
I mean, it wasn't ever like in, well, actually, no, there were times, there were times when it was like, Hey, I just found out that we can get some time on like our diamond uplines calendar, like 1230, like literally after midnight, we're going to go meet with him in this diner. It's an hour and a half away. Let's go. I am not kidding. What? get back multiple nights a week in the middle of the night from building my business or from getting training or whatever because everything was in person how is Amway surviving during COVID now if everything's well, in they're, person they're doing everything online now <laughs> no. <laughs> no. not everything actually there's actually um leadership team development is doing a conference right now but only only the diamonds are there and then everyone else is paying the full price but watching it on paying the full price, but watching $120 ticket price. Oh, wow. For to watch a zoom Mm -hmm. in the comfort of your own living room. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been keeping track on, uh, on Instagram and it's, you know, really riveting content. Like, like, isn't it funny how the people who try to drive you in life don't have any personal drive themselves or something like people will try to direct your life when they have no direction. Like, well, that's a bold sweeping statement. Can you back that up? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Latitudes. Oh man. So you also talked about like when you met your husband, you were this fake you. Yeah. So um, can you explain what yeah. fake you was like? I can. Oh boy. So this is, this is what I'm really nervous about because I do plan on like sharing this podcast and I feel like a lot of the people who know me, like just, this is like this weird part of my past, but anyway, all right. Um, I grew up in a fairly liberal community and so I kind of went through my young life, like liberal, because I never really had opposing views. Um, the culture and leadership team development is extraordinarily far right extremely conservative. I mean, they will say that they're more like just like pro-capitalism, free thinkers, whatever, but their values align with like the evangelical right. And at first I was very put off by that. Oh, because of course, like people don't just teach you how to build your business. They brainwashed you with their political and religious beliefs. Like that was a huge part of every like team meeting and function or conference, whatever. Anyway, so, um, so at first I was really put off by it, but I really wanted a way to make money. And I really wanted to like hang out with my friend and she wasn't quitting. So, cause she was put off by it too. Um, but then over time it started to get a little more appealing to me. I wonder why, maybe because I'm sleep deprived and constantly around it. So um, at the time that I met my husband, I would say that my politics had swung very far to the right. I was still a little, a little, like a little more center on certain social issues, but I was like, oh yeah, capitalism and handouts are awful. And, you know, just people can raise themselves up by their bootstraps. Everyone has the same opportunities. And what's funny is my background is literally psychology and social work. So to be believing those far perspectives is a little weird, but, um, and I also, oh, this is kind of weird and embarrassing. I converted to non-denominational Christianity through the influence of the business. Um, I no longer would consider myself that. Um, That's a whole complicated thing that I don't really have concrete answers on. But yes, my business led me to convert 
at a conference because they do altar calls every Sunday morning at conference. Oh, wow. And then they tell you that the wow. real reason they're building the business is to convert people. <laughs> right. That's the but real it's reason. A it's a culture. But it's wow. Wow. That's I'm like speechless for once in my life. Like, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Until you hear about all this shit, you have no idea. Amway is so whack. It just, it's so Scientology adjacent. I guess it is. I, mean, I have so, very little experience with Scientology. So it's, it's very interesting. There's a lot of things. I mean, it's just, it's a cult, you know, a cult is a cult is a cult. There's just a lot of things that I'm just like, oh, that's something I've heard of in another thing before it's wow yeah and so I grew up Jewish so to make that particular conversion is like very offensive to many people that know me um I'm very lucky to have wonderful parents who are very accepting they're now very relieved (laughs) as I deprogram myself and I'm like oh sorry about you know believing that and all these things. But, um, but so that's what I, when I say that my husband married like the fake me, cause he grew up with very conservative politics and a family that didn't really, they didn't really like to entertain other viewpoints. You know, I'm not, I don't want to say anything bad about them, but that just wasn't their cup of tea. Um, and so then now as I'm like taking off all these layers of programming And especially in this time in our country, when politics have really come to the forefront and like, you really can't just pretend you have no opinion. It's been interesting navigating my changing feelings with how he, you know, how he operates politically. It's so strange to think like at the same time that this company like touts itself as like a business opportunity but we're having these like religious and political like deprogramming and reprogrammings. Oh yeah. In a business opportunity. And they'll brag about their political influence too. Like, I don't remember what year this was, but like, so for example, when it's the fall of an election year, their fall conference gets like super political, like all the talks. I mean, they don't say vote for this person, but they'll talk about how important it is to vote for, you know, pro-business candidates. And they talk all about freedom and, and, you know, which political party wants to take away your freedom and, oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Amway is, is heavily involved in the DSA heavily and, and has given many, many political campaign donations to many, many people. So clearly, I mean, Betsy DeVos acknowledged that she bought her position she married into into the DeVos family yes she did interesting I mean Amway paid more like gave more politically to Ronald Reagan's campaign than like Ronald Reagan even spent on his campaign to get him elected wow it's like gee thanks Amway what a lovely American business you are what are you doing later would you like to have a position in my cabinet and they're like, yeah, that'd be really great if you could do that. And so one of them got a cabinet position and one of them became the, like the head of the Chamber of Commerce in 1980. And they would try to use that as credibility. When you, when you went to the, like the opportunity meeting, they'd be like, and one of the founders 
was the head of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, as if, like, I just assumed that that's an elected position or something. Like, wow, people elected him because he's such an honest businessman. That's amazing. No, that's not what that means. Yeah, it's it's interesting how they twist that around to, to make it be like, look, he's such an amazing businessman that they were begging to get him in there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, so how was it navigating a marriage in multi-level marketing with an MLM that's like so heavily focused on the MLM? And like controlling your marriage. And the, yeah, and the controlling of that, like with these really far-leaning extreme values. So it was really difficult at first because I, first of all, I was used to doing it myself. Second of all, I'm, you know, kind of, kind of bossy. <laughs> and my husband, I just like couldn't really give him room to make mistakes because I just wanted everything to be done perfectly. But then like, I was expected to let him, you know, be the leader. And actually this is another like weird culture thing. You're going to feel like your eyes are going to pop out of your head by the time we're done here. But one of the things that they teach you is that in a relationship, the man controls the finances. Yeah, that sounds about right. What does the woman, like, what does the woman do? Well, she, she sells products. So she's the face of the business. She's the pretty face. And the husband is, is the brains. Yes. She sells the products. She um, meets her husband's needs. And there would be an annual ladies leadership that would like teach about the ladies role. And there would always be a talk about the three S's sleep. He needs to sleep supper. You got to feed him and sex. I like that's, that's a LuLaRoe thing too. Like they, yeah. they talk about that. And I'm just like, why are we talking about this? This is so weird. Right. Well, this was so a business. No tell me how much I need to be having sex with my husband. That's between us. We're fine. Yeah. That's so strange. And that's also, that's a, that's a cult thing too. Like that's so weird. It's totally. a cult thing too. But the reason that they wanted the men to control the finances is because for so many people in order to in order to like have all the subscriptions that you're supposed to have and in order to buy all the products that you're supposed to buy for your own use, a lot of people go into debt, like overtly they're putting that on a credit card. And so if the husband's managing the finances, well, the husband's less emotional than the wife, right? Because again, we're in 1950 here. Um, And so the idea was like, the women have to go create the volume, the men, you know, And it'll be fine because you're going to build your business and you're going to make the money and it won't matter that you went into debt to do it. It's like the husband has the mental and financial capacity to juggle whatever needs to be juggled and make the hard decisions and throw something on a credit card because he's got the faith in this business that it will circle back around and be okay. Right. And a woman is too emotional to have to do that and she won't make those hard decisions. Totally. I mean, even to the point that like, if you like, if the husband was out showing somebody the business plan or like helping a new person make some calls or something. So yeah, like if the husband was out and the wife wasn't with him and it wasn't a good night, like someone didn't get in or whatever, they would always tell you like, okay, well, when your wife asks you, how did the night go? And if it went badly, you just say broke another platinum leg, honey. Like don't tell your wife when things went badly, just don't pass that negative to her. 
And so the thing is, I mean, A, that's stupid. If you're actually, first of all, a husband and wife should be able to talk about disappointments, end of the story. But in talking with Downline, like years and years after the fact, what we came to realize is that because he's not telling you anything negative and you're not supposed to burden him with your worries and you're not talking to your cross line about your worries and you're certainly not telling your downline your worries, no one's ever telling each other their doubts and concerns. And so everyone just thinks, oh gosh, I'm bad for having these doubts and concerns. I better just put on a brave face and keep marching on. And there we have that toxic positivity. If you don't talk about the negative, it doesn't exist. Right. If you don't talk about the negative, other people can't say, wait, I'm also experiencing that negative. Let's talk about it more. Right. Wait, I'm relating to you. We're also struggling. We're also having a hard time. We're also losing money. If you don't ever talk about that, again, even when you leave, if you don't ever talk about that, then nobody ever realizes that it's not just a coincidence, that it is a pattern. And that it is systemically designed that way. If we all keep our mouths shut, nobody can figure out that we're all just cogs in a machine. Yep. Wow. Like, geez. I mean, that's like what I teach anyway, but like to see it in the cult on the cult side of it and be like, that's literally what I'm trying to educate people. Wow. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm here to say it is rampant. I mean, Amway's the oldest one. It's been around the longest. Amway's the reason all the other ones are legal. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's the granddad here. Sorry, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Didn't mean to give it legitimacy for a while there. Wow. So, I mean, what other sort of like brainwashing? It's, it just seems like so strange. And again, it goes back with these like, like, you know, extreme leaning viewpoints because mm-hmm. I'm not extreme in any way. I, I try to be a little bit more moderate. I think um, so these extreme leaning culty ideas of what gender roles are supposed to be and this brainwashing, how much of that did you personally experience? Oh, I mean, I bought into all of it. Hook, line and sinker. Um, I mean, I actually have, <laughs> I made a ton of notes. And I have an entire page that's brainwashing. <laughs> oh, great. Let's go on down that list. Last night, my handwriting got a little bit crazy. So let me just find some gems. Um, okay, so like one of the things was you have to delay the good to get the great. So things like don't go on vacation until you've earned like a luxury vacation. And so I have a few examples that like this, this bothered me even before I deprogrammed myself. I was like, this doesn't feel right. Um, I remember there was a, a girl cross line. Oh, and the reason I know this story is because she was like um, praised from stage at a conference for it, like about people making good decisions and really delaying. So her parents, and so she was, she was an adult. She was like mid thirties, I think. And her parents wanted to take all of their adult children and their grandchildren on like a cruise to Disney world or something like that. And they were going to pay for everyone. So it, it wasn't going to be a financial burden at all. And this couple didn't go on the trip because one of the qualified free trips that Amway will send you on when you hit a certain level is to Disney. And so it was like, well, we're not going to take this week off of our business and like risk losing our dream 
even though it wouldn't be a financial burden. And I, and I just remember thinking to myself, like, if that was my mother, if she wanted that experience with all of her descendants, how horrible it would be to steal that from her just because I hadn't built my business big enough yet. Anyway, so like that was something. Yeah, and, that's so strange. Um, a girl on my team who I'm still I'm friends with, and we talk often, she, um, her parents, they're both, I think her, her dad's a doctor. I actually can't remember now if her mom worked or not, but her dad was a very successful doctor. Um, and so their family would get to go on great trips every year. And again, like she was an adult, she was in her twenties, but her parents would pay for her and all of her siblings. Um, and I remember one year she didn't go to Hawaii when her parents, when her parents were taking them on this trip and she was the oldest. So she had all younger siblings and also her parents were fostering some kids. And so I think this may have been like the first time that one of the kids was actually going on the trip with them. And she and her husband didn't go because I don't remember if there was like a business thing that weekend that they couldn't miss or whatever, but they literally didn't go on this trip to Hawaii and like have time with their family because even though it wouldn't have cost them a penny because like they hadn't earned it yet. Yeah. But it's so silly. Like why can't they go on both trips? Like why can't they go on the family trip? And then also the trip they quote unquote earn. Cause it'll steal their dream. Steals the, it, it like going on two cruises takes takes away the magic of the second right. cruise because it right. it takes away the the first time feeling of it. Right. Well, part of the brainwashing, honestly, um, was this idea that, like, I remember my upline saying, um, like, if you have friends that are going on vacations and like buying houses and stuff, like they're going into debt. Like your friends are putting their vacations on credit cards as if he knows what every single person's financial situation is which is especially ridiculous that I believed it because again, like I went to whatever, I went to the university of Michigan, (laughs) whatever, no one's coming for me. I can just tell the truth. I went to the university of Michigan. And so lots and lots of my friends, you know, and again, this is almost 20 years ago, they were making like 60 and 70,000 fresh out of college with like no expenses, no kids to pay for, you know, very. And so I knew people that were doing all kinds of cool things and they weren't going into debt for it but I was getting brainwashed. I was believing that nobody could afford any of this. It was all for show. And, and I think that was part of it too, is like, if they, if you don't go on the trips, then it's less real to you that they even exist. I don't know. It was so controlling. So they're convincing you that your friends outside the cult success is all put on credit cards and is fake and they're faking it till they make it to try to convince you of their success and their J-O-Bs. But that's actually what's happening inside the cult. A hundred percent. It's total projection. Total projection. That's incredible. (laughs) I'm listening to you go, they're fully projecting. (laughs) Wow. I don't understand why I was so willing to believe it either. Well, you know, I mean, vulnerabilities put us in places we don't expect to ever be. Yeah. And you say yes to things that you maybe would have never said yes to when you're put into high demand and high stress places. Yeah. And that's what MLM thrives in is deception and, and, you know, convincing you it's exactly what you need. No matter, no matter what you need, the answer is the MLM. They have oh. every single answer. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, any, any issue you had, they would, you know, they would say like, 
um, what was it? Oh, damn it. I'm forgetting the exact expression, but basically like in, instead of an excuse, make it your reason or something like that, you know, that was another platitude, but that whole paradigm was like, whatever the problem is, the solution can be found in a bigger business. Unless your problem is that you want to live a life of actual integrity and authenticity and not like fitting some total bullshit, you know, role you're supposed to play. So. So what did you see in 10 years of Amway? Like what, what was the same each year? Like, what did you, what, you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but I think you understand. (laughs) um, So that's a great question because in the beginning, it's like, wow, it's so new and eye-opening. I'm like, you know, wow, this, this is a revolutionary product launch. And this is so exciting. And like, wow, this training, I've never heard this kind of thought process before. Um, and then, you know, then you're around for like a new formulation of whatever product, And then it's like the same, like, this is so revolutionary. And it's like, wait, but the last one wasn't crap. The last one was revolutionary. Like what's going on. And so then you realize that was all like, I mean, granted, I, I don't know if I want to admit this, but I do like some of the products and I do still believe that they're good, but it's probably brainwashing. But anyways, um, you know, so you'd, you'd hear them like introducing a whole new line and they're going to get rid of this other thing. And then it's like, well, now I don't know, was this good? And this one's just better or are, are none of these actually really good? And we're just selling them because that's what we have. Um, And then same with the mindset stuff. So this is actually another thing that I want to touch on. And I think this is one of the many, many, many little things that started to piss me off and make me question. The trainings were the same, you know, over and over and over, dressed up in different ways, different speaker personalities. Um, But there were a handful of stories. Oh, and also like I was big enough and had enough of a team that I would do trainings at like some of the smaller events. Um, And so the way that I was taught to write or to give speeches is like to know your sources. And so I would be regurgitating these stories that I'd heard at other trainings, but I would go looking for the source because I wanted to cite the source instead of just like, I've heard this from 20 other people. And through that, I came to realize that a bunch of the stories that they were using as true, like didn't exist. It was just motivational made up crap. Like this one, oh, this one just bothers me so much. They would talk about a Harvard study and they would say the year, it was like in the fifties or sixties, there was a Harvard study on goal setting and like of this graduating class, 97% didn't write down their goals, but 3% wrote them down and that 3% out earned the other 97%. Like with no proof of this statement whatsoever. Right. Like in what time frame did they out earn them? What kind of, what are the parameters of the goals? Like, this is like my background psychology. And I'm like, this is the most unscientific study ever. What is this? So I wanted the rest of the information if I was going to talk about it. And then I come to find out like, this doesn't exist. It's in like some John Maxwell books or some Zig Ziglar books, but like, it's not real. It doesn't exist. It's (laughs) just motivational crap. It is. And I'm like, well, if, if that's a bunch of hooey, then like, what other things that I'm hearing are literally just regurgitated from speaker after speaker after speaker, and no one even knows where it came from or if it was ever real. So that was, it became just every conference, it was the same shit in a different package. And it took a long time for me to, to like get unmotivated by that. But I remember 
the last handful of events I went to, I remember going into them. I was just like, I am looking for a reason to stay because if this is, if this is just more of the same, then I'm out. So. Right. So, I mean, how many years did it take you to start realizing that it was just more of the same and more of the same? How many product launches like that were ridiculous happened before you were like, this is the same thing. I mean, I, the thing is that I think I liked, like, I liked all the products and partly because I wanted to, um, that's an, another thing with Amway is that they have such a broad array of products. And so it's not like, oh, well, I'm not really, you know, it's not like you're in unique and you're like, well, I'm not really into this eyeshadow. So shit, what am I going to sell this time around? I mean, it was like sports nutrition and weight management and home cleaning and energy drinks and skincare. And I'm just everything. So, I mean, it's literally everything. It's almost kind of like the MLM that like if Costco was an MLM. A little bit. And in, in fact, when I was doing it, there was even this whole other catalog of like, like a JC Penny catalog almost. And you would get pretty decent volume for that too. So it was like clothing, it was, but it was just a few choices like clothing and, you know, a little bit of accessories and like just random stuff. So even then you really did not have to buy anything outside of your business. But, um, but you asked, you asked like when I started feeling like it was the same year after year. I mean, honestly, I probably didn't admit to myself that it was the same until after we had um, gone platinum. That's like the first big rank. Um, and then our group kind of fell apart from it, but we still got recognized as platinums like forevermore. And How long think, did it take you to hit platinum? Okay. We went platinum in 2010. So it took me basically six years, which is not fast, but also lots of people never get there. So Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.